All right, I'm Sean. I'm an alcoholic. And this may rattle halfway through. Hopefully it'll stop. Um, I'm a little bit nervous. But uh, did I say I'm Sean and I'm an alcoholic? (laughs) All right. um, You know, I guess all week long I've been thinking about what I was going to say, thinking about what I was going to say, trying to impress y'all, right? Um, And I know that that's a losing formula. So I'm just going to tell the story like it happened. Um, I was born in a small town, in uh, a railroad town in Bellevue, Ohio. And uh, I was the oldest brother. And I don't know, early on my parents were divorced. Hey, what's up, Spicy? (laughs) And um, and, uh, my parents divorced early on. And, you know... I think when I always told my story before, like I kind of highlighted that you know there was domestic violence, there was this, there was that, and um, and kind of made a big bigger deal out of it, and not to downplay it because you know it did impact me, but um, we all have our story, you know what I mean? And I think regardless of if I would have went through that or not, I think that I was alcoholic from the time I took the first drink, um, and I think it would have been like that either way. So. Anyways, um, my parents divorced and my mom remarried, and uh, they're still married today, and um, he uh, is a good man. He took care of us, Um, and, you know, he has his faults, but we all do, right? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty uneventful. It was a small town, so we got to run around and raise hell. Um, There was railroad tracks right behind our house, and so... And they had these old rail cars that we could sneak into and run around and just, you know, it was it was fun. And we'd run from, we called them the railroad police, but I think it was just guys that worked there, you know, and they'd catch us in the trains and stuff. And um, things were pretty good, you know. I always felt like, I don't know, completely alone in the middle of a crowded room um, is the best way I heard someone say, and that, that was the best way that I could describe it. Um, I just didn't, I never felt like I fit, you know. Um, and so anyways, I guess I'll fast forward. When I was uh, 10, I was diagnosed with an immune deficiency. Um, and this was after being sick for a while. And uh, the treatment was that I'd get IVs every three weeks. Um, so every three weeks, uh, the, uh, you know, the nurse would come to the house and she'd give me a transfusion and you know, I'd go about my business. Um, but again, for my mind, that was something that made me different, right? Um, and I already started to have this idea that, you know, I wasn't going to be around long, you know, for whatever the reason. Um, and that kind of followed me. Um, so I continued to, uh, you know, get the IVs. And when I was in eighth grade, we, my parents decided that they were going to move me down here because the warmer climate was better for me. Um, in Ohio it gets kind of cold and I'd get sick a lot and um, things like that so we moved down here and I hated it I absolutely hated it I I kind of felt comfortable you know where where I grew up but coming from a small town of 10,000 people all Catholic all either Italian or Irish you know what I mean Um, down here was a bit of a shock for me and uh, another thing about uh, early on in my childhood is that, you know, my my nanny and grandpa, they lived down the street, you know, all her sisters lived within like half a mile, like, 
so we'd go down there we'd steal candy bars out of the fridge and like they'd be up there talking and you know like we'd get kicked out of their house and then they'd invite us back in and you know it was just kind of crazy and chaotic but family was always a really big part of my life um and so anyways so we moved down here and you know i didn't have that that family connection uh and like i said i you know i can remember going to school the first day and just feeling just completely alone um just completely alone and so that kind of happened and it kind of lined up just perfect to where there was this one guy that wanted to hang out with me so we hung out and um he you know was like oh so here's another thing drugs are a part of my story i respect the house that i'm in um so you can kind of fill in the blanks um if you know you're you have both issues um but i'll try to keep it out as much as i can i know it keeps some people happy that way um so so anyways um this guy uh wanted me to use something so you know i used it and it didn't affect me didn't think anything of it you know um and then i went to i went back home we went back home for christmas i think uh back home being ohio and their uh a buddy of mine had a bottle bottle of vodka and he was like you want to drink and i said yeah why not um so I had a drink and I had another and everybody else stopped and I kept going you know I just kept going and drinking until that bottle was gone um, I had some other first that night and which made me you know think this was just the greatest thing on earth you know and when when it started to affect me the, the change that came over me all of a sudden the girl that I was trying to talk to before we started drinking I could talk to no problem you know what I mean and um, you know and so anyways I drank I drank I drank I drank and what ended up happening was uh, I crawled out to my parents car when they came to pick me up and I just remember coming out of a blackout first time I was drinking in the shower with my nanny standing standing over me and they were hosing me down and um, she was saying no I don't think he drank I think he's sick you know and I can just remember her saying that and um, so yeah, so that kind of continued on and I, every now and then, you know, um, would drink or do other things uh, for a little while there. And let me just slow down so I'm not skipping anything. Um, but yeah, so I started to um, hang out with kind of the, the wrong crowd, I guess you would say. And um, I started to do the things they did, you know, and before long I was just, I was a part of that crowd. And um, another thing is that I can remember a big part of that my parents' divorce was that my dad um, probably qualifies for this program too. Um, come to find out later, this is very much a family disease for me because come to find out later, my mom um, entered the program and then left the program and then entered it again and all this stuff. But, um, but I can always remember telling myself, I'm not gonna be like my dad. I'm not gonna be like my dad. I'm not gonna be like my dad. Um, so I started, you know, drinking, drugging, doing what we do. And before you knew it, like that was, that was what I did. You know, that was what my life, um, revolved around. You know, I got sober when I was 19. So, you know, it, it was, it was a short run, but it was a violent one. Um, and I started, there's no way to tell it without talking about this. So I started using other things and, um, I started having seizures 
uh, pretty regularly. Um, the first one was in the back seat of this car, um, and you know I just shook it off, whatever. You know, went about my business. Um, and so I continued to use, and I, uh, it just got worse, you know? I mean, all I thought about, I woke up, and all I thought about was that, uh, what am I gonna do to get what I need, you know? And I know you guys can relate to that. Um, what am I gonna do to get what I need? And this was like at 15 years old. Um, and before I moved here, you know, I was like, you know, the golden boy. like student council president, blah, 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 good grades, all this stuff. And I moved here and I quit playing sports and I just, I went to work, you know what I mean? And I went to work and I really was a what do you got kind of guy. Um, if you put it in front of me and I didn't have anything else, I was gonna do it. Um, and a funny story, uh, I don't know why this story keeps popping in my head, but I'll tell it. Um, my dad, I remember visiting him and he used to always, uh, like there would be these times when we'd be at his house and all of a sudden he'd like turn everything off and he'd be like, get down, shut up, you know? Someone would be beating on the door, beating on the door. And me and my brother are like, you know, scared. We're like, what, what's going on? And he's like, it's the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know? Like, and that was, it wasn't the Jehovah's Witnesses, you know? It was, his, it was his Coke dealer coming to collect, you know? And I didn't find that out till later. Um, you know, and like, so like, it was little things like that. Like, you know, my parents did the absolute best that they could, um, but it was, it was kind of unstable and chaotic. Um, so anyways, uh, I, you know, quit doing all the sports. And another thing that I did was I, I was always kind of a, a, I could present a facade, you know, that would make people like me, pull them in. I was very much the chameleon. You know, I could be um, who I wanted to be with this crowd and who I wanted to be with that crowd. And I, and I was really good at it. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I skated through high school. Um, I skated through and, you know, the only accolade I got in the yearbook was um, I was the most polite skipper, you know. Um, and that was it, you know. I had like a 1.9 GPA, something like that. Um, I mean, it was bad. And, um, I actually think defects came to my house at one point because they, my parents tried, but they just couldn't get me to go to school. And if I went to school, I would leave school, you know. And um, and it was it was simply because I was chasing my fix, you know. I mean, that's that's all all there was to it. Um, because really, I mean, I think well, I know, like I wanted to do well, I wanted things to be different, but this was the best that I knew how to do. Um, and so, anyways. Um, I'll fast forward. I graduated, and um, <laughs> at my graduation party, I got in trouble because I tried to make my nanny do a keg stand. <laughs> I was trying to like hold, <laughs> hold her up, and um, they didn't like that. But um, but no. So I I, uh, I immediately I took all my graduation money, and I moved out of the house, um, and I got an apartment with a buddy of mine and things just went downhill. Um, I enrolled, the only school that would take me was then Floyd College. Um, and so I enrolled there, but I didn't really go. And, um, and I partied, you know? And 
I really tried to just keep it to alcohol when I moved out because I, I knew that I was having problems, you know, and I, but I knew I couldn't be without alcohol. I mean, I was the guy that would go and do a, a beer run on a Wednesday night because I needed a few to go to sleep. Um, and, or, I, you know, I thought I did. And um, so anyways, I'm, I'm living on my own and, you know, the incomprehensible demoralization, you know, I'm treating people in my life like absolute shit. Um, and I'm lying, stealing. I mean, I could just look you square in the eye and just tell you whatever you wanted to hear. And then you could catch me, and then I'd just cut, I'd try to keep going. You know what I mean? And, um, and the only one I was fooling was myself. You know, Everybody else knew what was going on. Um, so, like I said, I was trying to just drink when I was out on my own. You know? And mind you, like, I'm talk like trying to just drink a case, you know? Like, trying to like and not do anything else but the problem was is every time that I started drinking I started doing other things um, and for me the, the other things um, for whatever reason always I, I, I've ended up in the hospital in five-point straps so many times like it's just it's baffling to me you know what I mean just coming to being strapped down um, or you know one time I was working at this place and uh, they had a uh, I was working there, my brother was working there, like we all, like everyone in my family kind of worked there at one point. And uh, I can remember I was trying to ring this guy up and like I started to fall and I was still, like I was trying to ring him up and um, I had a seizure um, when I was working. And apparently like my brother came running from the back of the store because it was a pharmacy. So he saw it on the monitor and like jumps over the counter and like bust his leg wide open and is bleeding all over the place. And I just remember coming to in my boss's arms, and I was actually talking about this last night, and she was really attractive, and I was coming out of blackout, and this attractive woman is holding me, and I'm like, what the hell happened, <laughs> you know? Like, um, but, uh, but, you know, it wasn't funny. It, I mean, it really wasn't, and that was, let's see. So I went to the hospital that time, stayed for a few days, and they let me out on New Year's Eve, um, and I was hell-bent that what I was gonna do is I was going to just drink, and I was only gonna drink a six pack. Like that was it, you know? And I had had doctors, like I'd been to neurologists and this and that because of the seizures that I was having. And you know, I mean, he knew what was going on. He'd say, you're gonna die. You know, you keep it up, you're gonna die. Keep it up, you're gonna die. And I'd, you know, try to just lie to him or whatever. Um, in fact, a few years ago, I, um, I was having some neurological issues and I, I went back to him and I was all thinking that you know, he was going to be like, damn, you know, look at the change. Blah, blah, blah. He didn't believe a word I said <laughs> the whole time I was there. He really didn't. But I can't blame him, you know. Um, so anyways, so I, I got out of the hospital on New Year's Eve, and I was just going to drink six beers. You know, that, that was it. And um, so I started, you know, and I was trying to, like, moderate and go slow. And because, you know, it's a long night, like, how am I going to, you know. And um, but every time someone got up to go to the the bathroom I'd be like taking like just enough of their drink like to where they wouldn't know you know just doing what what I thought I had to um, and later that night um, I was putting stuff up my nose again you know and this was after I I was steadfast I, like I'm not gonna do this you know and about I don't know a week later um, I was in uh, I was actually in Cobb stabilization unit again and um, I remember 
I didn't I didn't like feel right and I couldn't like move right and so like I moved my way over to the the phone and I like dialed my mom's number and she picked up and I was just like ma like that's all I could get out um, and I didn't know what was wrong and I was kind of cloudy anyways and uh, so she like went ballistic and basically got me out of there um, she was a great enabler for a long time um, and she got me out of there and they took me directly to Crawford Long um, because I literally like was like this you know like I just couldn't I couldn't my gross motor function was just gone and um, and really the fine motor too um, but anyways um, so I went to Crawford Long and they had all pe all sorts of people looking at me trying to figure out what was wrong and um, they told my mom you know I don't know if he's gonna be okay you know I don't know if he's gonna snap out of it I like they couldn't figure out what was going on and um, so and I remember the doctor he was like Sean what is this what is this Sean and he just kept tapping tapping that watch and I knew what it was but I could like I could not I couldn't say it um, and so they didn't know if I was gonna be like that and um, luckily after about a week like that I started to come around you know and I started to get movement back and um, things like that and uh, you think that would have been enough you know and it wasn't um, because I had another idea you know I had another this time I'm really only gonna drink you know or do this other substance that I don't think is as harmful right <laughs> so and and that's and that's what you know I set out to do again and um, so my last I don't even remember like the last night per se but like the last bender that I was on um, oh and I guess I should I should tell this too um, but the the immune deficiency that I uh, was diagnosed with after getting um, IVs for 10 years nine years um, they came back and they're like you know what we misdiagnosed you um, so eh. but I was in the throw <laughs> but I was in the throes of my addiction I didn't ca I didn't care you know what I mean like it wasn't my money that was spent on all the all that medical care you know I didn't I didn't care you know um, but so <clears throat> where was I I was about to say I got out again oh so my last my last night out there all right so I was doing just a bunch of stuff and me and this guy were convinced like he brought these pictures over to my house and they were all blacked out probably because the cap was on the lens but he was like see they're watching us like look at what they did to my film you know like they're what you know and um and I just freaked and I took off and he said I just ran out of the apartment and just was running you know I don't even know where I was running to um but needless to say we were doing some illegal things in my apartment um, but so anyways we like some point in the next few days like I guess I took his truck and he was he was stranded at my apartment and um, and so uh, I came back and the uh, the girl I was with at the time was there and we got into an argument and I started smashing furniture just breaking stuff through my cell phone through the wall like you know just in a rage and um, it ended up like I was on the hood of my 96 green Thunderbird that I thought was so awesome um, with a sword in my boxers surrounded by cops 
you know. Um, and my my girlfriend at the time had called my parents, who didn't live that far away. My parents got there. Who knows? I don't know how, but somehow they um, convinced them, "Look, we're going to take him directly to treatment. Please don't arrest him." Um, and so that's what happened. Um, they took me to treatment. Um, and when I first got there, um, I had to lay, it was down at Ridgeview in College City, and um, they put me in the middle of the room, you know, I was on suicide watch because I'm sure I was saying all sorts of, you know, homicidal and suicidal, you know, little things. And, um, and being a good alcoholic, you know, my plan was I'm going to do exactly what they tell me to do, and I'm going to get the hell out of here, and I'm going to get back to what I'm doing, you know. Um, I'm going to be the model, like, person in rehab, I guess, you know, and um, I'm just going to fool everybody. Um, meanwhile, this was like the third time that the cops had been called to my apartment, so they evict you, um, at least where, where I was at. They evict you after the cops come three times. So my mom was cleaning out um, everything, like cleaning out my apartment. And three people came to uh, to see, or came stopped by when she was there, and um, she knew all of them. And uh, you know, they talk about jails, institutions, and death, right, as the outcome. Um, so I was sitting in rehab, and uh, one of them went to jail. You know, one of them went to another institution, and probably the the best guy that I, I mean, the closest thing to a true friend I had out there. Um, when I was 28 days sober, he died with a needle in his arm. And, um, you know, and it just makes you think, like, you know, who's to say, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I. And, uh, and that was interesting, uh, going to the funeral. I had, like, 28 days or 30 days sober or something like that. And um, all of my old running buddies, you know, they were like, come on, we're going to go party. We're going to go, you know, celebrate his life. And, and I just was like, no. You know what I mean? Like that, like slit, like I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm not like, I'm going home, you know? And, um, and yeah, it's just crazy to think he's, he's buried over at uh, Georgia Memorial. And I like, every time I pass there, I, you know, just think about him, you know? And, um, and I was real close with him and his family and, uh, you know, but we've all got countless, I mean, since then I can't even count on my fingers, you know, the, the amount of people I know that have, died as a result of this. Um, but so anyways, I was in rehab and um, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna do what they told me to. And what ended up happening was in the process of, of going to like the little groups they had, you know, there was this guy named Walter Brooks. And um, I don't even know that I've seen him since I got out, but like that man touched me because he said, are you tired of being restless, irritable, and discontent? You know, I didn't know it was out of the big book, you know? Um, I didn't, I mean, I didn't know anything, you know, but he said that and that hit a chord in me like so deep because um, he knew exactly what I was talking about or exactly how I was feeling, you know, like that was it, like restless, irritable and discontent. And um, he spoke my language, you know, um, and so I started listening just a little bit more, you know, I started to believe that, you know, maybe you guys know, um, you know, what the hell you're talking about. Um, 
I still, I was still like, you know, trying to be shifty and do this. Like I, I lied to my doctor to try to get him to uh, release me early. I told him that my, my dad had a job set up for me, um, but I needed to get out like right now so I could go. Otherwise I was going to lose this job. Well, I mean, he, you know, he called my parents and they're like, no, he's full of shit, you know? <laughs> so, um, so I stayed there. Um, and then they, they really wanted me to do inpatient. Um, and I, I mean, I don't even know how I wiggled out of it, but, um, you know, my parents said, look, if you can come back in our home, but if you come back in our home and you use again, you're out. And this time they had made threats before, you know, but this time, like I knew, like they weren't, they were not playing, you know what I mean? Like they were like, so, someone had got to them, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how I felt. And, um, so I started going, going to treatment. And uh, the, fir the first meeting that I, that I ever uh, went to on my own was actually a 545 meeting here. And, um, you know, I didn't uh, have my car anymore because that Thunderbird that I was on top of, apparently I swiped a mail truck that same day. And like, so the whole front end went and somehow I got it home. But um, so I borrowed my mom's car and I went to, uh, I went to drive up here. And I pulled in the parking lot at about like 5.46, you know, and I was terrified. I couldn't get myself to walk in here. Like I could not do it. I was just terrified. And um, so I turned around and I went home. My mom was like, what are, you know, what are you doing home? And I said, yeah, the guy that runs the meeting, you know, he's out of town. So, you know, I'm, I'll be back tomorrow. Like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, um, she was like, okay, yeah, okay. And, um, but something happened, like, so I was going to the 545, then I started going to the eight o'clock here. And um, I met, I mean, there's so many people that are in, that are in this room that were there um, <laughs> then. And, uh, you know, I was 19 years old, scared to death, scared to death. I was convinced that the first actual meeting I went to, by reading the steps off the wall, I had worked them thoroughly. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, you know, I just, I really didn't know what the hell was going on. You know, I, I just didn't, you know. Um, and so, but there was this dude and, uh, you know, he, uh, he said, hey man, you know, came up to me and like I was trying to bolt for the door and he like kind of like wouldn't let me, you know, and he was talking to me and um, somehow he got my number or I gave him my number, you know, and um, so anyways, like, and then I was doing the whole, like, bouncing around sponsors, you know what I mean? Thinking, like, I could just play, you know, play just right. But anyways, this dude um, called me one day when I was, like, having the, you know, the thought, like, I really need a sponsor. Like, I need a sponsor. Like, because you guys were starting to speak to me, and I was starting to believe that I was hopeless. Um, and uh, he just, I, I said, you know what? Just help me find a sponsor, God. That second my phone rang and this dude, it was this dude. And I was like, oh no, 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 no. And a lot of you know who it is. Um, his name is Tim and uh, he used to come here. And, uh, but anyways, man, and uh, he started introducing me to people. I can still remember meeting Ken the first time right over there. And uh, he like introduced me and I was like, hey, you know, hey, like um, all awkward and uncomfortable, you know? And uh, so, we started to, to work the steps together, you know. We would come here, he'd make me be up here. Um, he'd tell me to get here early, you know, and then he'd make me stay. We'd be up here till 
I mean, hell, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. You know, Frank, Fr Frank, and Frank used to come and kick us out. You know, um, and uh, remember that night we were? Was it you? We were trying to play guitar. Yeah, yeah. And um, but yeah, we've been kicked out of here. You know, but like the thing is, is like um, it started to grow on me. You know, and before I knew it, it wasn't that I had to go to a meeting. It was like I couldn't wait to come see y'all. You know, and um, working the steps, you know, working the steps in the back room. We sat down together. We read the book. When we got to a step, we, you know, we worked on it. Um, when we did the third step, he told me to get on my knees and we're going to say a prayer together. And that was like, what in the hell? You know, like what is going on? And, um, but I did it, you know, and um, I did everything to the best of my ability. And I was crazy as hell. Um, I literally can remember driving down the road and <laughs> this is shortly after the third step and closing my eyes and just letting go of the wheel and being like, all right, God, you know, like, I mean, I was nuts, you know, and like, that's a true story, um, you know, but y'all were here, you know, and you guys kind of molded me and shifted me. Um, and so anyways, like work the steps and I started working with people and um, there a lot of service work, a uh, lot. I painted this wall red, and Ray made fun of me the whole time I was doing it, telling me I was doing it wrong. Um, you know, been up in the rafters, putting insulation in, all that stuff, and like, those are some of the best times of my life, you know? Um, so, anyways, uh, during this time, I also, I, I re-enrolled at that school that, uh, that I was going to, um, that I well, I wasn't going to. I was enrolled in before. I re-enrolled. Um, and surprise, surprise, when I applied myself, you know, I did really well. Um, and so eventually I stayed there for a few semesters until my GPA was high enough that um, I could transfer. Um, and then I transferred to Georgia State. Um, and this is all, you know, in that time. And I'm working on my degree, you know, and everything. And um, life was good, you know. Um, life was really good and then I mean honestly like there's no other way to say it than like the rug just got pulled out from underneath me you know um, Rusty which it's weird but I remember him saying, you haven't hit bottom until you hit bottom in sobriety and I used to think you were so full of shit <laughs> um, but I hit a bottom in sobriety you know I, I hit a bottom um, there was a breakup uh, there was betrayal, there was, um, you know, and it was just hard, you know, it was just hard. There's, I can remember laying on the bathroom floor um, and just looking at the, the grout lines and just crying, just crying. Um, and actually, Jeff, where is he? He called me from jail, told me he needed me to come pick him up, so I went and did it. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, and that, and, you know, then Damon, I was working with Damon and Bruce at the time, and, uh, and he made me meet him at the shop to go to work, and I didn't want to. I, I was hurting so bad, y'all, um, so bad. And uh, I got there, well, I was there. I was always waiting on his ass when we worked together. Um, but, uh, you know, that's true. <laughs> um, and, uh, I had some, I don't know, I think Counting Crows, like some really depressing song on, and he pulls up and he throws, throws it in the park and he, he says, what in the hell are you doing, boy? You think that's going to make you feel better? You know, and I got out of the car and I, was, I wanted to hit him because he was just being mean, you know, and, um, 
and I was just bawling. And he just grabbed me and just held me, you know. Um, he just grabbed me and held me. And, you did, man, whatever. And, uh, and, and that's how I got through it, you know. It was through just feeling crazy, you know, just feeling crazy, going through it, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, you know, working the steps. And, uh, you know, and today, like hindsight, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm, it's all good. Like, I'm not resentful. I'm not, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. People, one of the biggest things that I learned in this program was that much like myself, people don't do things aimed at me. They do things for them, you know. Um, and the intent wasn't to hurt me, you know. Um, I'm not the center of the universe. And you know, shit happens, you know, to everybody. You know, there's people that have been through far worse in this room um, and have stayed sober. And, um, but, you know, that's just part of my story. So anyways, um, I don't think I ever shared about that when I was speaking, but whatever. Um, so, met this girl, um, actually in this room, met this girl. Um, and, you know, we dated and whatever. Damon introduced us. He later married us. Um, he officiated over it um, in grand fashion. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that happened to me when, um, when I was going through all that is this was my home. This was, like, where I felt safe. This was where I went to meetings. This was, but this is where they went to meetings, you know. They knew people that were here, you know. I felt like I couldn't you know, come in without somebody saying, oh man, da, da, you know, and I, and, you know, I didn't, I couldn't come here for whatever, like, I just couldn't, you know, and it hurt, but like, at the same time, I think it forced me to grow in a different way, you know, I had to like, rededicate myself, get back out there, get plugged in again, um, and I was able to do, and like, hindsight, I can look back and say, damn, dude, like, my life is so good now, and, you know, God had me the whole way, um, so, yeah, so I, I, I recently got married. Um, life is good, you know. Um, I, life is really, really good. I, uh, I guess I'll talk about school for a little bit. So um, I graduated from a four-year university, which was a miracle. The whole time I didn't think I could do it, you know. And the whole time you guys said, yeah, yeah, you can, just, you know. And um, so then I applied to graduate school, and I was absolutely convinced that I'm not getting into graduate school, you know. Um, I still had that, you know, I was the egomaniac with the inferiority complex. And, um, and I'm not going to get into graduate school. I'm not going to get into, I got into graduate school, you know. Um, started the first semester and I was like, this is when they find out that I don't belong here, <laughs> you know. And, um, and I made it through, you know. A few panic attacks, I think, but I made it through. Um, and it just kind of, that's how sobriety's been, you know, it's like one thing comes up and I'm just, I'm terrified and then I walk through it, you know, with y'all's help, God's help. Um, and so, let's see, I finished graduate school and, um, and I moved, uh, well, no, so part of the end of graduate school is you have to do this year-long internship. It's highly, it, it's like really competitive, so kind of like where you match, you go, you know. And um, I matched in California. But I'm a family guy, <laughs> you know? You guys are my security blanket, you know? And so, like, the thought of having to move across the country absolutely terrified me. I mean, just 
terrified me, you know? And I moved out there and, um, and initially I really tried to get plugged in, you know? And then work got busy and I, you know, went to a meeting a week. Did, call, I, I got a sponsor just because I had to keep up appearances like in my own mind. Like I've got a sponsor out here, you know? But I wasn't doing, you know, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing it like I knew I needed to be doing it, you know, and I, uh, I suffered because of it, you know, I was depressed, I missed everybody, um, and, you know, it was a hard time, um, I don't know about you guys, but, like, for me, I, I haven't, like, just had this spotless record, you know, um, since, since I got here, you know, like, I go through, like, these waves where, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything that I was taught to do, and things go well, and even if things don't go well, they're still going okay, you know? And then there's periods where everything's going well, so I don't have to do shit, and then all of a sudden, I'm down here, you know? Um, and, you know, so, but I completed the internship, um, and not to say that, like, I mean, it was, it was really cool living out there for a year, um, and there's a lot of things I absolutely love about out there. Um, and it's kind of funny, because my sponsor at the time said, you know, once you live in two, like, as an adult, once you live in two places, you're never completely satisfied no matter where you are, you know? And at first I thought like, well, that's a really shitty thing to tell me as I'm getting ready to move back. You know? And, um, but it's true, you know? I mean, like there's things you like about some places, there's things you like about other places, and that's just, you know, that's just the way it is, you know? It's kind of gray, you know? Um, and I'm learning to become more comfortable with gray, you know? It's not always black and white. Um, so, moved back and, uh, I graduated. I graduated with um, my doctorate, which was a miracle. Um, no, you know, it, honestly, it was a miracle that God saw me through it, you know? He, but, like, it was a lot of hard work, too, you know? I mean, but the thing is, is, like, you just do the next thing in front of you, you know? Like, that's what you guys taught me, is, like, like I can remember when I first came in and I, um, I had to get my tag renewed, and I had never done that before, you know? And I was terrified, so, like, I called my sponsor, um, called my sponsor. He was like, dude, just go in there and ask her what you need. You know, so I went in there and I asked her what I needed. And um, she told me and I went and I got in, I came back and I got my tag, you know, and it was that simple, but I was making it this huge deal. Um, so that's, uh, you know, and, and that's how it was, you know, getting my degree or whatever. Um, another thing is I, I got offered um, a really good job opportunity. Um, and it's all because of this program, you know? Like, people like to say, you know, like they like to say, man, that's so great that you did, you know, this or whatever. But like, the truth is, is without, like everybody in here had a hand in that and he definitely had a hand in it, you know? And we carry each other through this. It's, it's shoulder to shoulder, it's side by side, you know? It's, it's um, and I don't know. I mean, I literally have grown up in here. Um, I'm 30 now. <laughs> Which is weird just to even say. I'm actually about to be 31. Um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, we all have to take it at different times, I know. But, um, but yeah, no, life is good, you know. And it's all because of this program. Um, and, you know what, I'm not going to ramble, but I am going to read something that I was reading um, this morning. And I thought it seemed really appropriate. Um, let's see. Okay. Where is it? 
So, is this the right page? Yeah. So, this isn't technically AA approved, but it's a new pair of glasses, so whatever. Um, but uh, talking about this guy, and you know, he's trying to um, overcome alcoholism. You know, and uh, and he said, and being an alcoholic, I had to discover it in my own way and in my own time. God loved me just as much as that, just as much that day, the day he was getting sober, as he does now. Just the same, no different. But he never kept me from making mistakes. He's a gentleman, God. He doesn't intrude where he's not wanted. So he never kept me from making mistakes. He loved me enough to allow me to make my own mistakes, that I might the sooner run out of my own resources and come back home where I belonged. So my business is to go about his business, and it's his business to take care of me. That's not my business, that's his business. Now what is his, now what is his business that I'm going about? Helping his kids do things they need to have because I want to. A 12-step call in business, a 12-step call at home, a 12-step call in AA, a 12-step call in play. Just going about our father's business. That's my business. It's his business to take care of me, and he's done an infinitely better job than I ever did, and I'm most grateful. And um, that kind of sums it up, you know. It started like I just needed to stay sober, and now it's about practicing these principles in all of my affairs, you know. And I mess up all the time. Um, I make a lot of amends to my wife, <laughs> you know, and, um, and you know, it's life, but uh, I don't know, I, I really like telling my story in this room with, it seems like everybody that I think of when I think of my early time here is just crazy, um, and I'm incredibly grateful, and thank you, and if you can get this off of me, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs>